We're Courtney Gilroy, Gina Quattrochi, and Jordan Strobeck. Our direct sales business brought us together, and it's our full lives as six-figure mom entrepreneurs that bring us here to share all of our best experiences and education with other moms building their social selling empires during nap time. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Social Selling Collective, the podcast. Hey, social sellers, we're going to dive into the episode in 20 seconds. But first, we wanted to say we hear you and we have something so exciting to share with you. We are officially announcing that the Social Selling Club is now open. The Social Selling Club is a virtual community membership filled with fresh monthly trainings, a live Q&A call with us, our other special guests, and a private app filled with like-minded social selling go-getters just like you and more. So if you've been thinking, I love my team, but I need more support than I'm currently getting, or I need ongoing guidance on what tasks to do to actually get and stay profitable in this business, or I'm ready to start making real money already, or you've been wanting to invest, but haven't been financially able to yet, then this brand new virtual membership community, the Social Selling Club, is for you. And we're raffling off an annual membership, normally $297, for free to one of our podcast listeners here this summer. If the Social Selling Collective podcast has helped you at all, please take a minute to support the show by downloading the episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help us spread the word about this podcast and we read each and every single one. And when you do, you'll automatically get entered into the raffle for this annual membership to the Social Selling Club. We'll announce the winner on Instagram at Social Selling Collective. So make sure to give us a follow there to see that you won. At any time, you can learn more about the club by visiting socialsellingcollective.com slash club. And for now, back to the show. Hey, Social Sellers. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we are kicking off a super fun summer series called How She Built This. And this summer series is really geared at helping us highlight some incredible women in the social selling space in a plethora of different companies and how they've built unbelievable businesses while raising babies, while keeping that family-centered business front and center. So I am just absolutely thrilled to introduce somebody that I've known, I guess, for probably 12 years now. She was a dear friend of mine when I lived in Washington, D.C., We actually joined our social selling company around the same time. And she's just built... I'll share a couple of of statistics in a minute, but just built truly a phenomenal business. And so Susan Brown, do you want to say a quick hello to our our listeners here? Hi, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. (laughs) This is so cool. Don't be nervous. You are going to crush this. Mm -hmm. This is what you do. So anyway, so before we get into the actual meat of the interview, I'll just share a little bit about Susan. So Susan's been in her social selling business for seven years. She has a team of several hundred women and probably some men that she leads. She also has 190 190 personal clients. I find this so unbelievably impressive, Susan. After her first year in business, she surpassed her former teaching salary. That is pretty, pretty amazing. She's also one of the top 200 in her company for personal sales last quarter. 
She's been married to her husband for eight years, and they have three adorable kids, ages six, five, and two. So to say that she has a full plate would be an understatement. So Susan, welcome to the podcast. We're so, so thrilled you're here. So I guess for our listeners who are tuning in today, would you just share a little bit about your background and your journey into the direct selling space? What really compelled you to start a business in in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. And thanks so much for having me. I really had none of this on my radar at all. I went to Wake Forest and I had a degree in elementary education. I had moved up to the DC area to teach elementary school when we got to know each other, Jordan. And I had nothing else on my radar at all. I thought that's what I was going to do forever. My mom's teacher, my grandmother was a teacher. But then when I had my oldest baby and I was still teaching and I had my maternity leave, I'd actually already started my business originally just for extra money from being in DC and anyone that's in that area. It's really expensive cost of living. And my husband was in the military at the time. We really wanted to be able to buy a house and we thought... There's just no way we're ever going to be able to afford that here. So I had this friend from college who I reconnected with. Long story. Her husband was also in the military and they were actually stationed in my hometown. And she had met my parents and grandparents because they were living in my parents' neighborhood. It's just wild. Obviously meant to be but small world kind of thing. So Social media wasn't quite as big back then. So we had kind of lost touch after college. And then I reconnected with her because of this. And then of the her just being randomly in my parents' neighborhood. And a few weeks after reconnecting, she just randomly reached out and said, Hey, I just started this business. I think you'd be perfect for it. I want you to tell you about it. And I thought it was so weird. <laughs> and I was like, this is so crazy. But I have legitimately been looking for a way to bring in extra money, especially with teaching. You know, you get the breaks, you have the summer, summer break and stuff. This was in the springtime. This was in April, probably she first reached out to me. So I thought, you know what? It's not the end of the world just to talk with her about it. And so once I heard more, I thought, this is really interesting. And I'm like, she went to wake. She's not stupid. You know, she's a smart person. Her husband, I guess, if you want to edit stupid out, she's a smart person. Her husband's a smart person. He also went to wake with us. And I thought, maybe they're onto something. And once I heard about it from her and t- had a conversation, I really couldn't stop going back to it. I would find myself in the car or at work or whatever, just being like, gosh, that business, you know? And I had always kind of been into social media. I'd always enjoyed posting pictures and connecting with people. I was one of those people who like always friended people that I met, you know, even before I had a business and I'm a very social person. So I thought kind of already have that going for me. And my husband thought I was just like, wow. He's like, this is a lot to take on. Are you sure? Like you're pregnant, you're teaching. And I thought, well, I kept saying to him, but summer summer break is coming. Summer break is coming. I'm going to have time. If there's ever a time to do it and I don't have a kid yet, it's now. So that's kind of the beginning. And then I was doing fine. I was accomplishing what I went into it for, which is just a couple extra hundred dollars. I was really only sharing it with like close friends and family. I wasn't doing a ton with it, purely side gig. But I was happy because I was making that extra paycheck and that was what I wanted. But I would say my mindset really changed when I had that baby. I can honestly still get choked up thinking about it. But, you know, when I had to leave him at daycare 
it was very hard. And I was that one who was crying every day. And, and I so distinctly remember, it's funny, she's one of my clients now, a former teacher, coworker of mine who has grown, she had grown kids, even at the time, college age kids. One time, I think she saw me crying like in the copy room. And she said, I promise it's going to get better. You're going to stop feeling sad. You're going to stop crying. And I thought, okay, that's nice of her to say that. But then I never did. Like I just never stopped being sad. And I thought, this really isn't how I should feel. Especially for me being a teacher of young children, I thought, this is unfair to my students and their families if I feel so like I don't want to be here. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. not fair to them. I'm not serving them how I should be serving them, you know? I'd be at work thinking about my baby and thinking about my business because I love my business so much. And I just kept thinking about, oh, I wish I could be posting this right now. Because, you know, you can't really be on your phone when you're teaching. And so I just, I kept thinking about it and talking to my husband. And he's like, well, you can't do that. You can't just walk away from a job until you have the money to show for it. And I was like, challenge accepted. (laughs) Even if my husband, I'm the kind of person with the personality, if someone tells me, Not that he didn't think I could, but anytime someone sets a limit on that, like me, I'm like, okay, just I'll prove you wrong. I I can't wait to prove you wrong. And so it was crazy for those few months that I was teaching and trying to grow my business to a level that I could walk away. I was commuting a bit. Every drive, I was on the phone. I was making calls. I was telling anyone who would listen about my business. I was you know, up late doing stuff after the baby went to bed. I was up early. It was insane. I mean, it was nuts. I had a baby who I was still nursing, wasn't sleeping through the night. And I was, so to speak, like burning the candle at both ends. But I knew that that's what I wanted. I was so motivated to just be home with my baby. And I did it. You know, by that time, at the end of the school year, I was able to walk away I actually took a year leave of absence at first for anyone out there who's like, you literally just quit your job. I mean, I did. My county had it so that you could file paperwork to take a year leave of absence. So you would still have a position the next year if you wanted to. But then I had already had another baby by the time that year was over. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm going back now. So I never went back. But a lot of places do have that option. I know a lot of workplaces and companies, they will let you do some sort of long-term leave of absence. So that's a a good thing to note. Susan, I just want to just jump in here because I just want to commend you that you are so future-minded about creating this quote unquote side business when you were pregnant. And I think what happens is so many women come into, you know, social selling already having the baby or the babies too. And they're like, I still am not happy. I'm still crying. Like what, you know, they come in with this like desperation and this frantic Mm -hmm. energy because they're like no more. And so I just want to commend the fact that you, you really not only jumped in at like, there's a no worse time than when you're pregnant, right? Like, but you still took the risk and you still jumped in with both feet. And for your husband to really call you forward, like, if you want this, I'm supportive, but like, you got to show me that you're serious and that you really, really answered that call. And it's just, it's incredible. It really, really is so, so impressive. So in that first year where you're building your company, what was that first big hurdle that you had to ever overcome 
in order to grow a successful business because we know success isn't always all up and to the right. There's a lot of steps forward and there's a lot of steps back, especially in that first year. So talk us through that. Yeah, I think for me, I remember feeling like I had to really push past people thinking I was nuts. Because like I said in the beginning, I was fine with, okay, I've talked to like, you know, these these people, I've got some clients, I'm fine, I'm making the paycheck that I want. I don't need to tell everybody else. I don't need to approach other people. I'm good. But then when I made the shift to like, no, I want to do this big time so that I can leave my my full-time job, I knew I had to talk to these other people that I was very scared. And I was honestly the most scared to approach people about the business side of what I do. And I was most scared to approach the really close friends I had known forever. That was the hardest for me. I didn't have as hard a time with family. I think everyone's different, you know, who's like their most nervous to share with. For me, it was those like really close friends of mine. I was just really scared that they were going to take it the wrong way, that they were going to think I was trying to take advantage of our friendship. That was really hard for me just to make that mental shift to know what I have really is great. I believe in it. I want to share it. I should share it with them. If I don't share it with them, they could be missing out, you know, and it's okay if they're not interested or they say no, but I need to do my due diligence and tell them about it. So making that shift for me from being like really scared and nervous to being confident enough and still scared, but trying to just take a deep breath and be like, no, this is a worthy conversation. It's going to be okay. If they're really my friend, they'll still love me no matter what. That was tough. That was really tough to like pick up the phone and do those and have those conversations. But I would always feel good at the end because most of them did still love me, even if they told me I was crazy or whatever their (laughs) response was. At least I knew that I had put in my best effort. I I remember another person in my company who I just still look up to and admire so much always said, if you have a certain goal with whatever, but especially with business stuff, there's no one else making you do this. This is different. You're an entrepreneur. There's no one there forcing you to do it. You're not going to lose your paycheck. You're not going to lose your position if you don't do it. It's easy to let it slide. It's easy to just be like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. But she's like, you have to be the person putting your head on the pillow, knowing you did everything in your power to reach where you want to be. And that really has always stuck with me. And especially during that time when it felt so hard, when I was so exhausted, I would just think, no, I have to do this. No one else is going to do it for me. I have Mm -hmm. to do it. It's so true. And I love that you're shining this light on the reality that this is really hard work. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. We all, we all have the ability to make phenomenal incomes and stay home if we want and create time autonomy or whatever it is that we're working towards. But it's hard work. You have got to be unbelievably committed and consistent to building your empire if that's your goal. And so I think sometimes people look at you or look at me and they say, Oh my gosh, you know, she got lucky or she got in at the right time or that, but no, nobody sees those early mornings, right? Or those every drive home, like you said, you did from school where you were on the call phone, literally calling people and building your business. It's those moments that really 
build that built our business. And so I'm really glad that you kind of highlighted the the work ethic that goes in into into building. And so I guess just a follow up question I have for you: those friends or those that close circle that you you talked with initially, did any of them end up joining you in business and really building successful businesses? Some of them did. Yeah, some of them did. And some of them are like my best clients. And like I said, some of them didn't. You know, some of them just said, I'm happy for you. I'm excited for you. I'll support you in other ways, which I know is important. I mean, even them just like hitting like... I have this one friend I'm thinking of in particular. It's so funny. Her mom is my client. Her sister's my client. (laughs) <laughs> she's never bought a thing for me. She's not on my, you know, it, she's not a part of my business anyway, but she will show up and like, like every single one of my Instagram posts, you know, and that's a gift. Like, you know, she was so kind and just, it's not something she's prioritizing. It's not something that she wants to do right now. Yeah. yeah. And you're detached yeah. from the outcome. And that's what I, what I tell my team and what we teach here. It's like, your job is to invite. Your job is not to choose whether somebody it's the right fit, right season, right time, whatever, right? It's just be detached from the outcome. But like it is our job to make sure that everybody knows that they have access to this opportunity as well. So I love that you lead that same way and you've built this incredible, incredible business. All right. So we talked about you having that beautiful baby boy crying every day at school and just being so bummed that he was in daycare and that you weren't home. Fast forward seven years, you now have three kids. How does your life look differently now since you've really created this this strong passive income stream? Mm, Yeah, it's so nice. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me just the gift of, you know, I'm a big person of balance. I think like, it's hard for me. I'm definitely like an achiever, high achiever. And I know Jordan, we were chatting about this earlier, like, especially in this last year or so, everyone can relate to this. I mean, suddenly I had this nice schedule. I had my older two in preschool, like one pre-K every day, the other in preschool. I had a little baby and who napped a lot. Like I had this really nice schedule. And then all of a sudden last spring, you know, when COVID came around, everything got obliterated. That schedule was gone. My kids are with me 24-7. I mean... And I'm kind of back to that. Honestly, this summer, my kids are still little to me. You know, they're six, five, and two. And I, I do, as hard as some of those days can be, I want to spend time with them right now when they're little. But that doesn't always leave a lot of time for my business. But I've really learned in the last year or so that it always works out. Even if I might not be performing at levels I've performed at in the past, my business has sustained beautifully and grown in a lot of ways during the last year, which is interesting. And I've done the best that I can. And I think my team has accepted that, that we're all doing the best that we can with what is going on in the world. And so for me, I just cling to the balance of it. Like I really love that. Like yesterday afternoon, it was raining and I I ended up randomly last minute with a neighbor friend signing up to go to this like indoor play place with our kids. And A, I love that I had the money that I could... I'm kind of frugal in some ways. So I don't love like spending money when I don't have to. Um, but like, I thought, you know, this is a perfect way to treat my kids. They're going to love it. And they did can go with a friend, like spend some quality mom time with another mom, get my kids out, get their energy out, you know, get out of the house. I didn't bat an eyelash, thankfully of like spending the money driving there, you know, and just the freedom to be able to do that, that Mm -hmm. I will never, I will never get tired of that. 
ever. I think it's the best thing ever, you know, and while they were doing quiet time and the baby that my two-year-old, I still call her baby was napping. I had done some work. I had my laptop out. I was checking in on some people. I was doing some stuff. And I just love the balance of being able to pop up my laptop, pick up the phone if I need to, but then put it right back away and be with my kids. I just think that's the best thing ever. So amazing. So so how do you juggle it? Like what does a typical if your kids are in school or if they're not in school, are you working night? Like I know it ebbs and flows because you're an entrepreneur, but what does it typically look like to juggle motherhood, being an amazing wife, and then also, also, you know, mentoring hundreds of women and and servicing almost 200 clients? Yeah, I definitely have to prioritize certain tasks. Obviously, there's some stuff that can go by the wayside every day. I usually have a list. I always have like a running list on the notes app on my phone of like, this has to get done. This should get done. I'd like to get this done. And I just kind of update it as the day goes on. I've always loved like the balance of preschool. I would say those have been like my favorite years so far when they get to go and like be with some friends and be nurtured and be there for a few hours. And I get that time to make calls, run errands, schedule train, like do whatever I need to do. But then I get them back, you know, for the rest of the day. So I, I, I love that. I'll be very honest with you. Like last summer, once we felt comfortable, we started having our sitters back. My husband's job searching right now. I just finished up school. So I have him right now home a lot, which is nice. But I mean, once he please hopefully lands a job really soon and goes back to work, like I have a, a mother's helper type sitter waiting in the wings to come this summer. Awesome. So I'm a big believer in investing in, in that time. Like even if it means just two hours a day where a teenager or college student is here playing with my kids while I'm in my office taking care of what I need to take care of. I do that a lot. I'm I'm a big believer in like, yes, I want to be a present mom. And yes, I did this to, in a way, be a stay-at-home mom, but my business still is a priority. And I believe in it enough. And I believe in myself enough to like bring in reinforcements when I need it. So I love it. Amen to that. And that's, that's me too. You know, I have a, a nanny here, but I work from home and I I'm still nursing my my little baby. And so like I nurse him down for his naps. I get him up from his... You know, it's like I'm still present. But I also... When she's not here, I want to be fully locked into my kids, right? And so it's like I utilize this time to get things done. And so I love that you just... You have that same perspective. And I love what you said. Your your family is your you know top priority, but your business is a big priority too. And it's okay. It's okay to excel and to love both. And so I think that's a really important message and um, and just theme here at the Social Selling Collective. Okay, so this is kind of a fun question. So we talked a lot here at Social Selling also about we want entrepreneurship to look attractive to our kids, right? We want them to see mommy and or daddy working and entrepreneurship isn't this like stressful, like pulling your hair out, just totally life-sucking endeavor. We want them to see the true freedom that it creates from you know financial perspective and or time perspective. It's important that it's modeled well. So my question to you is, if we were to pull your three kids and we were to say, you know, describe entrepreneurship to us, even though they probably don't know what that word yet means, mind note, how do you think they would describe it? <laughs> well, it's funny. The other day, my my middle is like super inquisitive and just very verbal and talks all the time. She's five and she's like, mommy, 
why did you tired from teaching? I was like, do you mean retired? (laughs) So I think she would say that. She's like, well, mommy retired from that so she could be with us and do... I mean, she kind of already gets it. And I'm big on telling my kids like, okay, mommy has to do a phone call because this is for work. Like, I don't love to do that around them. But if it, if I have to, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they, they understand, you know, they say mommy's work. And I think they would say that they'd probably say like, Oh, mommy's in her office. I mean, they know they understand like, okay, mommy has her space. She has her things. Like sometimes she has to be on her phone. I mean, they, that's probably what they would say. Yeah. Oh, I remember gosh. taking a photo probably like two years ago of my middle daughter <laughs> standing behind the stroller with a baby in it like with her little pretend phone, like holding the stroller and holding the phone. And I was over like probably finishing a phone call or something. I guess we were about to go on a walk. And when I got off the phone, I said, Iris, what are you doing? And she said, I'm being mommy. And I thought, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty accurate. You know, (laughs) that is the cutest little story. I'm being mommy. Nobody better in the world to be Iris than mommy. I love that. I think they, I think they kind of get it in in their own like way. So totally. And as they get older, they'll understand it more, but that's, you know, they're still so young. That's so, so cute. So two more questions for you. First one being, what's been the biggest surprise of this industry for you? Mm, that's a good one. I mean, just how how much you really can do with a little bit of time. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this the same, but people really are going to their social media and everything to see. I mean, that's kind of why social media works, right? Like, Everybody wants to know what everybody else is doing. And it's kind of like the human curiosity factor. But people really do notice like what other people use and what other people buy. It will never cease to amaze me that you can build a business that way just with a few clicks and a few posts or obviously consistently. But you know, like when you sit down and make something or create content, it really doesn't take that long to like think of something to write a caption or post some stories and like people really do pay attention. And so I've always just been fascinated by that. I think it's fascinating just how it works. And would you say, have you built the majority of your business via social media or email marketing or are you do pre COVID? Were you doing a lot of the events? Are you? I'm mostly social media and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did. I, I love events and hosting and, and I've always done them. Well, yes, pre-COVID, but it wasn't my bread and butter. You know, I did them because I did enjoy them and I found value in them. But again, with I've had young children for the last since this whole time. And my time was always with them and my husband. So I was never the person planning events two and three nights a week because like that's our family time. And that's just how mm-hmm. this stage of life that I'm in. And so that's just been what's worked for me. And it's fun because I've been obviously following you on social media for a long time. And you do such a great job of, you know, weaving your business into your brand, right? In your brand, it's your kids, it's your significant other, it's your move. It's it's all the things that you you talk about and do. And it's it's the team culture you're creating. And so you're just so consistent and so present on there in just a really beautiful way. In a way, I think that does the industry well. You're showing up in your business in a way that's attractive. And so 
it's no surprise, I should say, that you've really built this incredible business via social media. And so we talk a lot about that in our our course and in our, our community too, like building a personal brand. It's, it's mm-hmm. 2021. If you don't have a personal brand or you do have a personal brand, but if you're not showing up on brand and, and know what your personal brand is, then you got to figure it out because it's that powerful and that important if you're going to build a social selling business in 2021. So we talked a little bit about the beginning, your vision, right? Your why for really just going all in that first year, replacing that teacher salary. You've done that. And you've probably done way more than that <laughs> two years later on top of that first corporate salary replacement. What do you feel is next for you? Like what's motivating you to keep going? Honestly, I'm still motivated in a lot of the same ways because we have this like dashboard thing on on one of my websites for my my business and you can edit and kind of put little quotes on it or kind of like say your goals. It's cool. And I actually wrote on mine probably like two years ago now, never go back to a nine to five. I mean, I just, I don't ever want to go back to that. You know, I'm spoiled at this point. I've been doing this a while. I did. I've been doing this longer, two years longer than I was teaching. I mean, I've done this longer than anything I've ever done in my life. I recently listened to a podcast about like just a mom podcast and a mom they interviewed was talking about how she thinks her kids need her even more once they're like in school and, and, and growing up and going through adolescence and teen years. And I thought, wow, that's really powerful. I'd, you know, we think about as moms, our kids needing us so much because they're like little babies and toddlers and they do, but just how those needs change, they still need us as they get older. And I just want to be there for my kids. I want to be able to volunteer at their school. I want to be able to go pick them up every day. I want to be able to take them to activities, like be with them to help with homework, cook dinner. Like those things are really still important to me. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I have to keep going and growing to maintain what I have so that I don't have to do something else. That that. (laughs) So powerful. And it's so funny. You said that because I got off a call yesterday with a leader and she literally said the same thing. She said, we were talking about being tired, that she was expressing that she just felt a little burned out and and tired with family things going on and whatever. And she said, but Jordan, I'm not tired. I look at when I was at my nine to five and I commuted an hour and a half in an hour and a half home, got home barely in time to make my kids dinner before they went to bed. She's like, that was tired. That was tired. And I never, ever want to go back to a nine to five. It was just a powerful conversation. And I thought, oh my gosh, it has never even been on my radar that I would go back to a nine to five. This is like the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, but the thought of that, I was like, oh shoot, like (laughs) I better keep growing, you know, because I don't ever want to go back either. So for people starting out in the direct sales space that are maybe less than a year in their business, what advice would you have for somebody who's brand new? You have to be authentic. I think what you were saying earlier about with the social media aspect of a business, you know, if that's what you're using to build your business, even if it's not your main thing, whatever it is you're doing, you have to be authentic. I think people these days, just with the internet, and I just think people really are craving authenticity and they respond to it. And if you're not, they can smell it a mile away. And I think that's just so important. 
I think being yourself, being true to who you are, not trying to be someone else. I mean, yes, have goals and aspirations and better yourself. I'm not saying that, but don't try to be something you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and just be consistent. I would say that consistency is the biggest driver of success in, in something like this. I always tell my team, like, you need to touch your business in some way every day mm-hmm. or at least six of seven days a week. You know, there's definitely always a day a week where I'm I'm trying to, to rest and not be doing much. But, you know, you have to show up. You have to do the things, you know, that work and keep doing them day after day, you know, obviously tweak things if part of it's not working. And, and of course, be smart. It's all about being smart and working smart. But You have to do something every day and never stop. Could not agree more. Consistency is king. You could be the most talented person in the world. You could be the best salesperson, the best recruiter, the best whatever. But if you're not consistent, the consistent person will beat you out every single day. That is it. That you want to know the magic? (laughs) It's consistency. It's, it's, I agree. It's a one thing a day. And when I was building my business, that was my motto one thing a day. If I can just do one thing a day, I will hit the top of my company. And so I love that. And Susan, I just can't thank you enough for being here. It has been just so fun just chatting with you. And I haven't seen you. Gosh, it's been like, what, 10 years? Probably 10 years, Mm -hmm. a long time. So Mm -hmm. I'll get to North Carolina or you come up to Boston. But really, it's just, I'm so just proud of you, the business you've built and what it's done for, you know, not only you personally, but for your family. And Just so appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights and wisdom over the last seven years. And for our listeners, if you're interested in connecting with Susan, Susan, what's your, do you want to just share really quickly your Instagram handle? So come say hi to Susan. Yeah, it's just my name. So it's Susan Walters Brown. It's my my full name. I love it. I'm Southern and I kept my name. (laughs) I love it. I I swear to you, I didn't want to make it something that long, but literally like the day after our wedding and I went to change my name, you know, on like my handles, Susan W. Brown was taken. And I was like, I mean, I guess we're just going to go with the whole thing. So it's like kind of long and obnoxious, but anyway. I love it. At Susan So go ahead and give her a follow. You can see how amazing she shows up um, and builds that personal brand. And so amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And social sellers, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Like I mentioned, we're going to continue this series. It's going to be a seven-week series called How She Built This. And it's going to feature women at the top of their social selling businesses who built their businesses quite literally with babies on their hips. And so stay tuned for the rest of the summer. We've got amazing, amazing new uh, guests coming. So All right, everybody, have a good day. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. If you're ready for more, then you're invited to join us inside the Social Selling Club, our membership community for women in direct sales looking to up-level both business and life. As part of the club, you'll receive three social selling business trainings a month, plus a live coaching call with us, your collective coaches. And most importantly, you're building your own social selling network of like-minded, motivated women for friendships, collaboration, and accountability. You can join us now for less than a dollar a day. So come on over. You can sit with us. Find us at socialsellingcollective.com slash club to sign up right now. We hope you loved what you heard here today. Thank you for choosing to be here. We'll see you next time and inside of the Social Selling Club.